You're listening to Accent at the Podcast. Today, I hope you learn something new in English. In each episode, we interview a guest who has a distinct English accent. This gives all those English learners out there a variety of accents to listen to and to try and understand. In today's episode, we'll be speaking with Jenny, who is originally from England, but is currently living in Paris, France. Thanks for joining us for another episode. I'm your host, Kimberly Law. Now, I just realized when I did the introduction for Jenny that I said France. Now, that's probably my Australian accent. And I should know better because I actually do speak French. So you may hear some people with different accents actually say France. And that is how the French people would actually say it. But I used my Aussie accent to say France. And I do that quite a bit, actually. But when you get me speaking French, like when I say, Bonjour, je m'appelle Kimberly, uh, j'habite en France. I say France. And that little thing I just said there was, hello, my name's Kimberly and I live in France because I'm speaking English. Why do I do that? France. Okay, let's get back to Jenny. So Jenny is from England and another word I struggle to say, uh, she lives near or lives in a county, I'm pretty sure it's a county, uh, near Worcestershire. Yes, I said it right for the first time. Worcestershire, I think Worcestershire, is a place that makes a very special sauce. We will discuss more about Worcestershire sauce, Worcestershire, sorry, in the interview. It is one of the hardest words, I think, to spell in English. Now, Jenny has been living in France for quite a few years in Paris the most romantic city in the world, and she is a pastry chef. So she makes lots of cakes and she talks a lot about different cakes and pastries. Now, the words she uses are French, but well, most of them are French words, but we actually use those same words in English. So one vocab word she uses is gastronomy. Now, gastronomy, it basically is about good food. So it's about choosing good food, cooking good food and eating good food. So it's a love of all those three things. So gastronomy, you could have really great chefs um, and, and we use that word gastronomy and that's what it represents, the, the choice of good food, um, eating it and also cooking it. Now, France is known for its gastronomic culture and Jenny moved there and fell in love more with food and decided to become a pastry chef. Now, she mentions words like eclairs. Now, eclairs are this beautiful French pastry very soft. It's made with choux pastry, which of course I'm using a lot of French vocabulary here, but it is the same in English. And the choux pastry, you put uh, sweet cream inside and sometimes with an eclair, you can put chocolate on top. You really should Google an eclair. 
it is divine. Uh, she mentions macarons and they are a biscuit and it's a soft biscuit that is made with almond flour, uh, not normal flour, and sometimes in the middle they have this sweet cream and they come in so many different colours. Uh, you can have different flavours too like pistachio, strawberry, raspberry, uh, vanilla, I could just keep listing flavours. So there's so many to choose from. Now, Jenny went to a culinary school to study this. So we can use the word culinary with uh, culinary skills. So if you have good culinary skills, you know the art of cooking. Now, Jenny mentions that this was a hobby and a passion for her. Now, a hobby is something that you do for fun. So you may play basketball or like myself, this is my hobby, making a podcast because a hobby is something that you don't get paid for. Maybe one day I'll get paid for making a podcast, but at the moment it is my hobby. So Jenny mentions that cooking was a hobby for her and a passion so when you're passionate about something, it's something that you absolutely love doing. I'm very passionate about this podcast. That's why I've created it. All right, so enough with all this vocab. Let's have a listen to the interview. Today I am speaking with Jenny, who lives in Paris, France, but she's actually English. So how are you, Jenny? Hi, Kim. I'm great, thanks. How are you? I'm good. So you're a pastry chef in Paris, France, yes. but you're originally from England. How did you end up there? Yes. Okay. A good question to start off with. And it was quite a long journey, actually. So um, I moved to France, Paris about 10 years ago. And I actually did my studies at university in business management and marketing. So really nothing to do with pastry. And um, I, I think ever since I was young, kind of at school, I'd studied business studies as a teenager. I'd found that really interesting. And this idea to have my own business has kind of always been in the back of my mind. I just was never really sure in what exactly I wanted to do. And I think when I moved to Paris, I was just surrounded by such a culture of gastronomy and I think really the the pastry was something that just kind of amazed me. You had all of these beautiful boutiques. You just saw, you know, macarons and eclairs and these cakes everywhere. And I've I've always been someone who loves eating. Uh, <laughs> my family will, will tell you that. Yeah. So I've always just been fascinated by food. Um, and I think it just came, I just kind of wanted more and more to, to start baking, start cooking, start trying out different things. And I was in my mid twenties, I was about 25 and I was completely fed up with the job I was working in. And I just kind of had a, I guess you would call it mid twenties crisis, like a moment where I was asking myself, is this what I want to do for the rest of my life? And at that moment, I I started kind of looking. Um, I was even considering leaving Paris. 
Uh, maybe I was going to move to London. Maybe I was going to get a different job. I, I really had no idea. And I remember looking uh, at culinary school and just thinking, wow, like that would be such a dream. But you know, it's it's too late for me. Like, how could I possibly change my career? I've already just done all my studies and this and that. And uh, the course that I actually ended up doing, it was in three parts. So I was able to actually take three months uh, off work as a sabbatical, which is one of the, the very nice things in France is you have a lot of support for uh, for taking time off and doing extra training, things like this. So I was able to take three months off and I went to school and I did three months of pastry and decided that it was my life. Like I loved it. It was, it was really, really incredible. So I went back to, to the job that I still had and I kind of told them, I want to save up my money. I want to stay here. And as soon as I can, I want to go back and do the second two courses. Um, so they kind of knew I was really, really looking to kind of move into pastry. And a little bit later on in the year, my company actually, they were having a few problems economically and they had to um, make a few of the staff redundant. So let a few of the staff go. And I was one of the lucky people that they chose. Um, and I say lucky, you know, in France, when you are made redundant, especially for things like economical reasons, you have a huge, huge support from the government. So I was actually able to then go on and finish my pastry course with some financial support from the government. Um, and after that, I mean, I was I just really, really happy with pastry. I was finding it really fun. It was such a lovely experience. And it was nice as well. I'd been in Paris for for a few years and it was lovely to like meet new people and it was a really international school so it was so nice to kind of make new friends have these all new connections learn a bit about well I mean I was learning about French pastry in school and then learning about pastry from different cultures there was a lot of Asian students I had quite a few Brazilian friends so it was it was really really nice and after that, I went straight on and did an internship for six months. So I did an internship in a pastry shop. And this was kind of, I think it was really the make or break decision. This was the point at which I would decide, you know, do I go back and work in a job in marketing? Um, or is this my life now? Like, am I going to make this work? Am I going to see how, how I can do this? How I'm going to work in pastry? And it was, it was, of course, it was hard. It was long hours, but I learned so much. And I really just decided this, this is more than just kind of a, this is not a hobby. This is a passion. This is my life. And that was it, really. That was a decision. I haven't ever looked back at marketing since. So, yeah, it's it's been a long journey. And I think it almost just kind of came I would say organically from a place of of me just really enjoying eating, going out and eating, spending time with people and eating, you know, things like dinners and going out for meals, going out for picnics. This go ahead. This love of food has always been something that is that what attracted you to Paris in the first place to move from England to Paris? Now, it wasn't the main factor, actually, why I decided to move to Paris. It was to learn French. 
Um, I mean, of course, the the food, the wine and everything, that's a bonus. Don't get me wrong. Um, But my sister, she'd been spending two years living in Madrid. Um, My sister, she is uh, one of these fantastic people who is able to pick up languages very, very quickly. Um, She is a French and German and now Spanish teacher. And she, yeah, she's a little bit older than me. And she said to me, oh, I've had these two fantastic years in Madrid and I would love to to move to Paris. And I was like, <clears throat> fantastic. Um, let's move together. That'll be that'll be amazing. And at the time, I did not speak French. And now this is a little bit embarrassing. I have to uh, admit to this, but I am actually half French. So my mum, she is French. Uh, my dad is English and I grew up in England and my mum, she never actually spoke to to me or my brother and sister in French at home. We had a very kind of English upbringing, English home. And we we went to France every year on holiday, normally for a couple of weeks in the summer. But um, I, I don't know. I I tried as a kid a little bit to speak French, and then at school we obviously learnt French, but it just it never stuck with me. I wasn't really a great French student, and I remember my mum trying to help me with my French homework, <laughs> kind of uh, you know at home. Whereas my sister, she she really kind of got French, and she went on to study at university. I want to come back to as well because you also come from a part of the world that is known everywhere. Well, what they make is known everywhere. So which county yes. do you come from again? <laughs> okay, so I am from a town that is called Droitwich Spa and it is from the county of Worcestershire. Great. Can you please explain because I've had so many <laughs> debates with people. I cannot pronounce this source and I love this source. I think I say Worcestershire sauce. And I mentioned this to my mum and she said, yes, can you clear this up for me? Because your father says I say it wrong. So Jenny here is the expert on how to say this sauce. So what is it again? Okay. So we kind of, we mix all of the I would say the syllables together. We don't kind of pronounce a hard C. So we would say Worcestershire. Worcestershire. Now I've heard Worcestershire, Worcestershire, Shire, <laughs> We don't say Shire so much. We say Shire. So Worcestershire, Leicestershire, Gloucestershire. Don't ask me why. I mean, I don't know the rules behind it. I just know that that's what we say. Um, okay, so you come from, so that's the West Midlands. Is that yes. a West Midlands accent thing or do most English people not say Shire? I would say most English people do not say Shire unless they're in Lord of the Rings. Like this is, we, 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 we wouldn't say the Shire. I mean, it's, you know, any kind of county that has Shire added onto it, you pronounce it as Shire. Okay, because in Australia, in Sydney, I know there is a place that we call the Shire. So that's why it's good to, to clarify this. So when I go to England, do not say Shire, shh. So you would say Worcestershire. It sounds like three syllables. Yes. Is that right? Worcestershire. Worcestershire. I mean, so it would not- be Worcestershire, but we do it as Worcestershire. We kind of do that that linking the, the syllables together so that the actual city of the main city of this county is Worcester. 
Worcester. Which, okay. which is you... written as like Worcester, but we just say the okay. s- kind of sound rather than the hard C. Well, it's the same with, I know people get confused with Edinburgh too, you know? <laughs> oh, Edinburgh. Like Edin- yeah. Yes. It's Edinburgh. So... Yes, the English, there is a lot of funny things. I guess in French too, there's a lot of, maybe all languages, there's just funny ways to say things. If we've achieved something today, it's the correct pronunciation of Worcestershire sauce. <laughs> well, that's it. People need to know how to say it. They it's, do. It, people, they don't like saying it because it looks like such a strange word <laughs> that nobody likes to pronounce it or they'll just say that brown sauce. That brown or, sauce, know. yeah. The slightly spicy one. <laughs> Exactly. Well, thank you so much, Jenny, for chatting with us about your life in Paris. It sounds like a dream. I know a lot of people would love the opportunity to live in Paris. Thank you so much for chatting to me about your life in Paris and good luck with your pastry uh, chefing and uh, your business. Are you you still planning on opening a business? Maybe one day, yeah, maybe one day I'd really – really like to uh, open like a tea room or something and either here or in England, something that really has a mix of kind of English typical desserts and pastries and then, you know, the French patisserie. But we'll see. We'll see what the future holds. Well, thank you so much. All right. See you, Jenny. Thanks, Kim. Bye. Bye. All right. I hope you enjoyed that interview. Now let's just look at some of the vocabulary that Jenny used. She used the word sabbatical. Now sabbatical is used in English when somebody takes some time off from work. So if I'm going on a sabbatical, I can usually ask for maybe a year and that's what Jenny did. She asked for some time off work so that she could go and study. And it's a good way for somebody to have security, knowing that they can go away and come back to their job. She then mentions that she was made redundant. Now, there can be a few meanings for this word, but Jenny's talking about her job being made redundant. So when your job is made redundant, it means that they no longer need anybody in the position that you're working in. And because they're not saying that you're not good at your job, they're just saying that they no longer have a need for your expertise or for your role. So they usually give you money when you leave. And in France, if you're made redundant, uh, the government will give you quite a bit of money. So they will pay you your salary So Jenny was quite excited that she was made redundant because she could follow her passion, which was to become a pastry chef. Now, she does mention internship. Now, an internship is usually uh, where you don't get paid and it's when you're just starting out to study. So say if you're studying engineering, you might get some experience in a company that's unpaid and it could be for a few months. It might be paid, but just a very low pay. An interesting phrase that Jenny used was, don't get me wrong. Now, you will hear quite a few English people say that, don't get me wrong. So when you say that, you are concerned that what you're going to say, somebody might misinterpret. So English people will say, don't get me wrong, 
and then they will say what they want to say. Let me give you an example. In Australia at the moment, there are a lot of devastating fires and it's been going on for weeks. And tomorrow, now this is a true story, my softball game has been cancelled because today there has been so much rain. So in the last few weeks and months, we've barely seen any rain and all of a sudden there is all this rain. So I could complain about my softball game being cancelled and I could say to somebody, oh, with all this rain, my softball game's been cancelled. But don't get me wrong, I'm actually happy that it's raining because it's helping the fires. Thanks for listening to another episode of Accented. I'm your host, Kimberly Law. Accented is released on the 15th and 30th of each month. You can also view a transcript of this interview by looking at the show's notes or visit kimslawofenglish.com. Until next time, keep your nose to the grindstone.